0: Hello, loyal listeners and those of you out there in cyber world to another edition of Close Encontro of the third kind. Uh, this is our first uh, 2021 edition. And uh, for anybody who was holding out hope that this year would be any better than last year, uh, this week has dispelled those notions quite remarkably. So uh, I'm your host <laughs> I'm in sorry. Kansas City, uh, Jude Hunts on the Outreach and Faith uh Director
1: for Habitat for Humanity of Kansas City, along with John Gonzalez. Happy New Year, everybody. John, I'm the uh, yeah. Director of Parish and Community Relations for Catholic Charities out here in Brooklyn and in Queens. Uh, and yeah, this has been, uh, this this is so far starting an interesting year. We're all still hoping. I mean, we're Christians. <laughs> right. uh, you know, we're, we're we got, we, without hope, we're nothing. So that defines us. But but yeah, it's 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 not it's it's not going the way I was hoping to twenty <laughs> right. uh, twenty one was going to start off. It's right, but it's but on the positive side, Jude, it is giving something for us to talk about. So it does. Um, it, well, and, and it I goes. will say the, there is one positive thing
0: so far in twenty twenty one, and it's the fact that my Buffalo Bills are in the playoffs and are yes. really really good. The only team from New York, okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, remind me who are they playing Sunday? They play the Indianapolis Colts. So, Colts. Uh, oh, are they, they going to yeah.
1: win? I mean, it's.
0: I think so. Yeah, I think, I think so, so too. Uh, but you know, uh, we are excited. Uh, those of us in Bills Mafia, we are excited. So we're, uh, you know, so that's the one bright spot. Unless of course they happen to lose this week, in which case we'll go back to you know. Being (laughs) sad
1: and morose and miserable, miserable, but uh, (laughs) we'll just go back to the whole Lent. We'll just go back, right? (laughs) So, right to Ash Wednesday,
0: right? Exactly. Let's get to Lent already. So, (laughs) (laughs) why not? Right. So, Uh, but yeah, so we have this week, John. Uh, Yeah. What were the reactions there?
1: Um, Dismay. I mean, I, I obviously I can talk to, okay, so let me start with my, you know, personally, yeah. it was, um, I'm thinking about Tuesday. I'm, I, I was thinking about staying up and looking at Georgia. Yeah. What's going on? Uh, keep in mind, like, like, like I was just saying, it's, it's the new year. Um, you know, we wanted to finish up with uh, as much of a bright note. We knew there was some projects that we're going to get into uh, in another show I'll talk about. Our outreach to the homeless community that we're doing because the economic um, uh, effects of COVID that continue to happen. I mean, it's it's not over. It's it's with us. It's gonna. We don't know how long it's gonna be with us. Right. Uh, we're right now scheduling for us essential workers to get the vaccine. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, so that'll be coming around the bend pretty soon. We 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 think it's gonna happen at the end of this month. Um, but you know, we were, we were moving in a different way. And one of the things I remember I wanted to talk about, but we got sidetracked it because of Christmas right. was uh, the fact that Pope Francis uh, always comes up with a uh, world day of peace message, which right. is usually observed. It comes out earlier, but it's observed right. on, uh, on the first of the, of the year, January 1st. Uh, and as, as with everything, Pope Francis, it's a, it was a powerful message. It, it gave a lot of perspective on hope. And uh, and what to look for and how to you know uh, I think let me see if I can remember what the title was here, a culture of care as a path of a path to peace and you know certainly there's always the ecological thing that people can look at but related to those of us at Catholic Charity you uh, with uh, what you've done for the for the diocese but also uh, in Habitat for Humanity yeah. this you know this focus on especially during the pandemic of not only relating with people but intentionally bringing care uh, within our relationship of solidarity with those who are left out. Right. But all right. Um, Tuesday, Georgia was, I was just being political and looking to see how that was panning out. And I thought, my gosh, this is the, the winds of change seem to be happening. Right. Right. And kind of like the election, I went to sleep thinking, okay, let's see where it goes. And, and uh, you know, we knew one fella uh, had won by, by the next day, um, which I believe at that point was January 6th. Right. Um, and uh, and we weren't sure about the other fella, but um, Congress was going to get together. Uh, we had I had heard Michael Pence w- uh, was uh, asked to um, uh, to assist President Trump and in in, you know in this desire to uh, deba- you know debacle the um, the electorate uh, and what they had already done in in approving uh, for Joe Biden's presidency he disagreed so that we knew that it was a little schism going on at the white house. Right. But they later in the day, the, 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 rally happened. I, I don't know about you. I knew that that was, everybody knew the rally was going to happen. The president was going to speak. That wasn't, that wasn't, you know, too uh, surprising. It happened. Right. right. Um, and then he gave that speech, which, and then Rudy Giuliani, you know, there were these speeches right. again, which we're not, we're used to, but you know, it, it did something to the crowd and I was just glued to the news and I was, I was watching an historical moment, you know, this, uh, and I was dumbfounded. I, I, I expected something, but I was dumbfounded at, uh, at so many aspects of it. And, and, and you know, not only that day, but as the, as video, uh, surfaced of, of the riot, the insurrection that had happened. Yeah. Um, I, I became more and more appalled angry I would say i I, mm-hmm. I had I had feelings of, of great anger right and so I took to 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 Facebook and Twitter uh, you know following yeah, the yeah. Of <laughs> yeah. Uh, and uh, and a lot of people had a lot of opinions so all I can say in addition to that and, you know my opinions where I was deeply disturbed i I felt like you know it, like something that I was afraid was going to happen was happening. Right. Uh, the capital was was uh, sacked, mm-hmm. basically, and um, and I could see with you know with great evidence that it was you know members of the far right. It was QAnon. It was these right. these players that we thought you know it would be, and so the conversation started happening. And what I noticed the two observations that I'll make right now, then I'll pass it back to you. Yeah. Is that uh, um, you know the moderate Americans, you know moderate liberal Americans is what right. I, I call them, and I identify myself as such. I think us right. progressive Catholics uh, or pro life Democrats, we identify as you know kind of liberal, moderate liberal. Right. Um, we came out of the woodwork. Uh, this was appalling. This was unacceptable. We, right. we you know, people. I uh, accepted the prophetic uh, stance. Uh, finally, we always wanted to just kind of be balanced and. And, and accept some of the far right perspective that that fell through. There was a right. lot of feelings, a lot of hurt, a lot of anger, yeah. and people put that out there. And then the second thing is the, the ones uh, who defended the actions. Uh, there was a couple different things. A, they wanted to put the image that it's all wrong. We want to continue the message that the media is always lying. Right. And, um, and, and the truth is actually this, but and that that actually happened, and I had to go back and forth with some folks uh, that night. Mm-hmm. Was that Wednesday night? Yep, Wednesday. Okay. That Wednesday night, and I would say by Thursday, it became so obvious that they everybody kind of they, yeah they accepted that yeah this was us. It wasn't uh, Antifa. That was the attempt right. to, to pass it along. So so that you know there there was that, and then as far as the argument for freedom. Uh, a lot of us, a lot of us who kind of just let it slide—that's their perspective and all that. It's not freedom. We had we had to name it. We felt like, right. and a lot of people being prophetic. I mean, besides you know Stephen Colbert, right. um, there was a lot of people who wrote for America magazine, Brian Massengill. You know, right. these, a lot of folks came out and said this is this is wrong. Uh, Bishop started speaking, as you know, right. uh, um, And no, this and so the argument. Well, no, no, this is about freedom. This is about it's like you know what? It's not about your freedom. America is not about just you, right. um, you know. And I had some people say, "Well, well, who do you look at?" Like? I said, "Honestly, everything I look at, it's it's, it's the you know it's the white community right. um, that was, you know very present. Uh, and so it's you know when they say our president or our freedom, I personally feel, uh, granted I'm Hispanic myself, right. but they're not talking. They're not including me. Right. You know, they're including, right. you know who is the who is the our. In the right. my president, my freedom it's, it''s a it's a specific group, and so uh, I, I had to instead of letting it slide, I had to say, no, this is not about freedom this is this is uh, not being able to accept this I had I, I told some people four years ago I had to go through a similar process, but I had to accept that um, you know the, the country is more than just me right or people who look like me right. And, um, and so that's, I, I feel like overall in, in the conversation, uh, in the atmosphere here in New York, a lot of people are dismayed. Um, people who uh, moderate to the right, to the left. Uh, everybody I think is generally there's a feeling of dismay. Uh, some of us uh, anger, I think others embarrassment. Um, but that's right now we're just kind of, everybody's appalled. Yeah. I think that's the that's the best way to, to phrase it here, okay. and uh, I think there's right now there's a lot of heavy silence about what happened, almost a surrealism.
0: Right.
1: That's the that's the pulse of where where I'm at.
0: Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, uh, I think a lot of those same emotions are present among people here um, in uh, the heartland. Um, I. I think there's a couple of things. One, I wish I can say I was surprised um, because I wasn't. Um, I felt that something like this was coming, you know, the dog whistle had been blown for months, um, you know, by not just the president, but you know, but others in Congress and whatnot who were kind of whipping up, you know, a group of people to do something like this. Uh, and, and so it happened. Um, uh, you know, perhaps the only surprise was the particular day, but again, you know, that was somewhat predictable given the fact that Congress was going to convene to certify the election. So, uh, you know, to fulfill their constitutional responsibilities. So, I think that's one thing um, from my perspective is that I wasn't surprised, um, and I think it's largely because of the fact that you know I'm uh, I am a New Yorker, um, born and raised. But I've spent a lot of time, you know, in the South now. I've lived in Texas and now I live in Missouri and uh, it's a very different world here. And to see, um, you know, the Senator here from Missouri, Josh Hawley, you know, start this whole thing and, and having lived in Texas and, and, and knowing the attitudes that that are present in this part of the country that something like this has been brewing for, you know, a long time and and um, it's unfortunate. Uh, the other thing that, that I think is um, dismaying, and something that we have to really call attention to is that there are elements within the church that have given credence to stuff like this. Um, That, you know, you've got far right elements in the church that are, you know, there. You've got, sadly, some members of the hierarchy uh, who who, um, are perfectly okay with, you know, uh, with this kind of thing. And um, you know the you know when the bishops originally came out with faithful citizenship the whole idea was to have Catholics discern and to you know take to heart all of the issues that that are you know key and important and unfortunately what's happened is that you've had you know segments of, of um, Catholics you know use use and abuse that document to try and endorse particular candidates. Um, I saw, you know, uh, you know, out this way, I saw, you know, a particular bishop who wrote a pastoral letter on voting, you know, talking about intrinsic evils, but omitting, even from the USCCB document, omitting racism and other things, um, you know, which is a blatant, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and a not so subtle endorsement of one particular party and one particular candidate. Now, right. uh, you know, they'll deny that, but, but you know when you cherry pick a document that that has a very specific okay. list of things, okay, and you deliberately omit those things, okay, to only talk about the issues you want to talk about that that favor one particular candidate or party over another. That's crossing a line. That's wrong, um, okay. and you know we have to we have to address that you know within our own uh, within our own fold, unfortunately, and um, so. Uh, that is, you know, something else on my mind is, is, uh, you know, is that, and it goes back to the earlier conversations we've had is, you know, how do we, you know, how do we create a culture of conversation and dialogue and, and authentic discernment as opposed to this partisanship that we find, uh, you know, invading the sanctuary, uh, <laughs> you know, it's, you know, um, and so, um, you know, so those were some of the thoughts that I had. And, yeah. Um,
1: yeah.
0: you know, unfortunately, that's where we are. And, and um, you know, perhaps though, this is a wake up. Um, you know, well, that's the hope.
1: That's, yeah. uh, that's, that's I, it, it has to be. I, I, I'm, I'm reading um, a book, actually our CEO, at Kathy Cherry's, huh? um, offered us, mm-hmm. oh, I, didn't. I thought I, thought <laughs> I brought it I, He offered us a, a Christmas gift, uh, a, the book from Pope Francis. Yep. Uh, i think it's called um uh to dream or, or something actually yes. let me see. i have it. let us dream that's what it's called right uh let us dream and uh you know and it's uh it, it's i just started reading i'm i'm just done with uh i think the second chapter but um it, it's it, it and it was written obviously it came out right uh, late last year uh so it doesn't take this you know the, the you know what, what's going on here into consideration but it it definitely is looking at COVID, the right. pandemic, the economic repercussions, and everything that we're living through right now. Uh, but it, he offers us, which the church at its best can offer us, which is history, right, um, uh, as well as spirituality. Uh, but you know the, the the history of struggle and how you know the he in his own Pope Francis in his own experience, uh, in his own personal struggles, including sickness. I didn't realize he right. had gone through. Uh, a moment in his life in his, when he was a seminarian. Where, yes. Where he almost died. Yep. Uh, and, uh, and, and how in these moments, everybody goes through, and, now, and now everybody doesn't have the exact same experience, but everybody has an experience of suffering right. personally, as well as socially, you know, a, a, a sense of loss, a sense of when you, when you lose a job, when you get divorced, when you, uh, right. you know, these, these moments uh, when you lose a family member. Mm-hmm. And um, and and as Christians, we're we're reminded that these are these are moments of transitions. These are these are there's opportunities uh, in in the tragedy, in the face of suffering. There's right. a resurrection in the face of the cross. Right. And um, and that's a message that Pope Francis is really putting down right, with <clears throat> regards to how can we what can we do to 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 move forward from this experience that we all have now the pandemic, right. the economic repercussions, and, and and doing that. And I thought. Uh, and I look to you know I juxtapose the events of this week, again with uh, the World Day of Peace message. Yes. And uh, and he because he addresses that again and right. uh, speaks to me because it speaks to me very very much uh, with uh, the ministries uh, of of social ministries like Catholic Charities, right. Habitat for Humanity. Yeah. But um, you know he he goes on and on. He did this also with uh, the the last encyclical, the mm-hmm. Fratelli Tutti. This whole idea of a mutual respect, this whole idea of of dialogue, of a co what does he call it culture of encounter, right? This culture of encounter and 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 how does how does he define it? Uh, He defines it with uh, you know with dialogue. In fact, I have it up here. I posted it. I don't know if our listeners know this, but uh, we we um, I've developed a uh, uh, we've developed blog. Right. Um, that's uh, the Close Encuentro blog. So right. uh, the stuff that we talk about, we, we also uh, put in there, like the World Day of Peace message. Yep. Um, but in it, I, I took this excerpt out because I thought it spoke, spoke to me for Catholic Charities, but I think it speaks for us now with, yes. with what we experience. And I, and I actually had quoted this. I, I, I extract, extracted this one quote. I encourage all those engaged in public service and in international organizations, both governmental and non-governmental, and all those others in various ways who are involved in the areas of education and research to work towards a goal of a more open and inclusive education involving, involving patient listening, constructive dialogue, and better mutual understanding. And then he, and I, I, I love this. I, I, I have been using this as a tagline in a lot of the messages that I uh, offer internally. May we strive daily in concrete and practical ways to form a community composed of brothers and sisters who accept and care for one another. I thought that was a beautiful line Mm -hmm. for, you know, uh, those of us in ministry. But my God, in our society right now, we really need that dialogue, the ability to listen, but also the ability to care for one another. And I try to employ that in the conversations, the difficult conversations this week. Uh, some of them successfully, but I am human. Some of them are a little unsuccessful.
0: <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> but, um, but I think that's what, I, for those of us who practice the exam, and I, right. I, I, I that one line, I keep trying to come back to how am mm-hmm. I um, embracing people who are in different parts, uh, Different. How, do, how am I pr- pastoral? Right. And able to care for them, but then how am I also prophetic, right. in in addressing truth, um, the truth of of racism, the truth of discrimination, the truth right. of uh, of the consistent ethic of life, which, which uh, you know is is better sometimes is more theory than it is reality. Right. Uh, so so that's I think that's something for this entire year to really delve in how how do we employ those uh that one phrase that he leaves us with as he concludes that document yeah
0: yeah Um, Uh, you know i um on a practical level you know with the exam and you're always trying to find okay how do i you know how do i appropriate how do i incarnate the 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 inspiration that god has given me uh in this case in the words of the pope how do i have you know how do i create a culture of dialogue how do i you know right, right. you know how do i do that and so um you know and i've been doing this for years with my philosophy students where you know um over and over again i try and tell them i said you know uh so all of my assignments are writing assignments and they're essentially two activities one is you have to summarize what somebody said okay uh And secondly, then you, and, you know, you have to do so fairly and accurately, okay? Uh, And then, and only then, can you respond, okay, to somebody else. Uh, And so we sort of act this out in class at the beginning of the semester, break up into pairs. And, you know, I'll put a list of different topics for them to talk about, and they can choose any one they want. But each of them has a term where they talk about the topic, then the other one has to summarize what the other person said back to them, okay, Um, and get it right, okay, Uh, and then they can respond, okay, and then they switch roles, okay, Uh, the idea being, you know, we really have to teach people how to listen, Um, and to be fair, you know, uh, and I know you're familiar with this, you know, back in the Middle Ages, uh, you know, Aquinas and the other theologians had this practice known as pious interpretation that is to say you know you put forth the best interpretation possible on a person's words and actions and whatnot that isn't always you know uh you know sometimes that (laughs) uh you know goes overboard and you're more (laughs) you're not necessarily accurate but you're being charitable you know right you know and that's the whole idea here is is that um you know, the attempt is to look at, and again, you know, Ignatius even says this, you know, to give your, your, uh, your conversationalist the best possible interpretation to be able right. to,
1: you know. I think it uh, calls it the predisposition. Yes. I think that's what it's called in uh, the spiritual exercise. Right. I remember exactly. when I looked into it. And it's almost in the preamble of the entire. Right. Uh, for those of you who are the listeners who, don't, who haven't done the spiritual exercises, it's intense. It's an intense yes formative process which can be done one of two ways I, as a lay person i've done it the second way right. if you're a religious you, i think it's four it's basically a month it's a
0: 30-day retreat yeah it's it's, <laughs> it's
1: it's it's intense it's definitely yep. intense it is. So that, what do we call the lay people the 19th annotation for us yes. who can't afford to not work that's right <laughs> uh, exactly it's it's broken down to almost a year but yes. it's a year yes. where where every day we're praying and this is it, it's, it's still intense it's an hour right an hour a day for a year right uh, think about that think about that praying for an hour a day a year journaling right weekly spiritual direction um you know go and and, and you have to share notes i mean these in this case this isn't just like like counseling right this is this is this is intense and and the readings yeah. and everything that you receive are uh programmed i mean it's there's it's 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 it's, it's a commitment right for sure yep. but yeah he he talks about that and if i'm if i if I'm not mistaken. I think he does call it the predisposition. Yes. And that whole idea is not only the interpretation of what I'm, you know, I'm listening to you, right, or me you but it, it carries further than that. And I, and I thought that was powerful, because it really hit me. It hit me as a, as a driver in, in, in the city. Now, you're you grew up in New hey, York. I'm all about up up driving. Okay, I love it. Yeah, you grew, you grew up in Buffalo. Though, <laughs> I right? understand. I mean, I mean let, let's let's be honest. That is not that's the true, one I East Coast way. driving that is, is East
0: Coast driving. Okay, it's all the same. Okay. You think so? You think so? All right, let, we'll,
1: we'll do a race on the BQE, which will be funny because we'll never I, be moving anyway. I got my stories, <laughs> but go ahead. That's fine. Go ahead. But but the way where it hits me is you know how many times we're driving and, and and somebody cuts us off and all that and as a new yorker you respond as a new yorker yeah you shout you yell nobody hears you except the people in the car <laughs> and uh either shout you yell you profanities come up uh, right. gestures come up all these all these all these things a predisposition was a reminder to me uh that i just simply don't know what's going on in that with that other person's life uh it made me think about one of the pet peeves that I have of going to a grocery store and waiting and seeing somebody um stand, you know, buying their food, uh, an older woman perhaps. And and they they're they're getting the, the coupons out, they're taking their time doing this. And I'm like, look, I only got two items. Um and, and somehow in, in our arrogance, in my arrogance, I was thinking, you're just doing this just to spite <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> that's all. That's all there is. You're just, no predisposition is. I don't know what's going on in her life. I don't know her economic situation. Right. Maybe those costs mean life and death. Maybe right. the person who's driving who cuts me off is going to a hospital. How do I not? How do I not know uh, this? So should I give a favorable interpretation to to people? Taking that to, to you know uh, right. to this week's event, um, and I try and, and to, to the best of my ability. And then you got. You always have to be gentle with yourself. You got to try. Right. The people who defended what happened this week, and the people who talked about freedom. Right. Um, if I didn't know them, that's one thing, and that's part of, and that's right. part of this culture of encounter. If you don't, if 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 they, if you don't know them, well, they they might be trolling you. In which right. case, you kind of also have to discern, you know, where to, But some people I did know. Right. Some people I went to school with. Right. You know? And so I. Predisposition, predisposition for me was I had to kind of listen. Where are they? What, what is challenging them in this political climate? Right. That they have to be defensive. And they have to grasp. And for them, I had to, and I had to kind of accept this, and it was difficult. Right. There is a loss of freedom. They definitely see a loss of freedom. And again, this is, and this is what I'm right. thinking about. One specific person who I knew. I, I know this person. Right. I know he's a decent guy. I, right. I, you know. And so it's like right, he he's struggling. This person is struggling. Yeah. I I don't share that struggle, but doesn't right. doesn't make his struggle any less. Right. I yeah. still felt like I had to put truth out there. But what I what I ended up doing, I want to tell you this part, Judah. Um, sure. uh, and this is where I, where uh, I kind of really employ the pastoral message that Pope Francis is right. is echoing here. And that was. Um, of, uh, and I mentioned this, a lot of tensions, a lot of emotions, a lot of uh, the moderate liberal community that I that I you know uh, am part of. In many right. ways, um, you know, were defensive and identified what he said as lies. Right. The right. word "stupid" came out. The word abrasive. "you're a liar" came out. You know, he's very abrasive, um, and I can understand where they're coming from. But right. in at a point in a in a discussion, in a post discussion, this is Facebook. I. I, I I I I paused and I said, "Gentlemen, folks, friends." And they call them friends, right. Facebook friends. Right? Um, let me tell you about who this person is. Right. Because as far as they can see, they, they, this could be a troll. They don't know him. I knew him, so right. I felt like I had to give him flesh. Right. I felt like I had to tell him. We both went to school over here in Endicott, New York. Yes, I, I actually I also grew up way out in the, the right. sticks. <laughs> That's Bill's <laughs> uh, country, baby. Yeah, no, it is. It is. I'm, I'm rooting. I, I'm, there with you. I'm right. actually there. With you. But I, I gave this person context so that my, my, my other, my a- other friends, who again are people who I know, right. He doesn't see. That's the thing. He didn't know them. I knew both groups, and, um, and I know that they're also wonderful people, and they're being defensive because the same reason I'm being defensive. But I, but I had to, for the sake of encounter, I had to tell them this is who this person is. Right. Um and what that did, it didn't it w- they, I didn't put it out there to change either their opinion or my own opinion, which I shared with right. them. But it was let's identify him as a as a person. And obviously a person who has a a certain struggle right now that is different from the struggle that we're facing when we when we watch the same thing on the right on the... So that thing that was at my best. There was another <laughs> example I'm not gonna go into where I was not at my best. Right, sure. Uh, um, but that was one way I thought let me, you know, let me uh, introduce who this person is. So they don't see him as just this rabid uh, fascist, right. um, you know, uh, whatever. Right. Uh, so those, you know, that was one way I could I I could take Pope Francis's words to heart.
0: You know? Yeah, yeah. Well, so, so I'm going to take a story about driving in New York City. Okay, yeah. and and okay. hook the ball back into the fairway, you know, um, because so my wife is from the Midwest. I married a Jayhawk. That's how I got out here. So, but well, we lived in uh, we lived in Northeast Pennsylvania for the first year we were married because that's where I was living and working at the time. And um, we were going into New York City. Uh, it, it was the first time we were going there for a week. Uh, she had never really been, and uh, you know we went to see a Broadway show. All the rest of it. And we're driving in. Okay, we're heading toward the bridge you know going across the uh you know the hudson river and there's a stalled car off on the right okay and you've seen this scene a million times in New Yorkers, okay what happens a car pulls up behind it three or four guys get out of the car and they push that car off to the side right this happens all the time my wife sees this you know and she's like oh my gosh you know that's really interesting i I said, what? She said, well, you know, I I had a really negative view of you New Yorkers as being cold hearted and uncaring people, you know? And I said, what are you talking about? She said, well, those guys, they helped that lady push her car off to the side. You know, that was really kind of nice. And I said, "Um, that's a really nice interpretation of what just took place there, okay? And I really appreciate it, but you have to know that they don't care about that lady. They just want to keep traffic moving, okay? This is a pure (laughs) act of self-interest on our part, okay? (laughs) Get the car out of the road so we can keep going, okay? That's what we're... (laughs) But that that (laughs) moment taught me something about interpreting things in a positive way, right? Looking at that in the best possible light. right? Okay? And so, you know, as I was looking at the events of this week and trying to understand... You know, and I've got family members who are on the other side on this thing, who, you know, uh, are, you know, of that extreme, you know, far right, you know, position, you know, which Mm -hmm. pains me greatly, but, uh, and I've been trying for a long time to understand the the viewpoint. And, you know, I I think one of the problems, and you mentioned freedom, and I think this is where the problem is, is that, Mm -hmm. you know, and you know this is something popes from john paul ii all the way to francis have been really kind of hitting on is that there is this false view of freedom that we've bought into okay and you know it's this enlightenment you know view that that's entirely self-interested okay yeah. um you know the the freedom that they're talking about is you know freedom to protect my stuff you know and it's all wrapped up in self-interest which is you know as far from the gospel as it can possibly be, you know, but that's the lie that we've bought into. Um, and, you know, I think in a lot of ways that's unconscious because of the culture we're in, and that's the tradition out of which we're from, um, that, you know, sort of, you know, unconsciously, you know, you know uh, pipes this out. Um, and, you know, we just kind of buy into it and, and adapt to it as, you know, uh, but it's a false notion of freedom that, that we have yeah. to rid ourselves of, that freedom is a freedom for, you know, a freedom for service, a freedom for, you know, choosing the good. Um, right. Not one of, you know, unbridled, you know, I can do whatever I want. And, you know, a freedom of, you know, <laughs> protecting my stuff and all these other things. It's... Uh, and so that I think is where a lot of this comes from, because you listen to you know what they're saying and and it seems to fit that that philosophical narrative that that um, that has really kind of infected certain sectors of the church too uh, and and you know and the popes have been really kind of hard on you know they've been hitting this point for a long time now no, no, that's not our notion of freedom in the <laughs> in the tradition uh, <laughs> so um, so uh, so that's my place of understanding. That's my place of that, you know, the, they just don't understand what they've accepted, you know, because it's part of the, of the larger culture. And yeah, um, yeah.
1: It's, it makes me think of it. I used to do a talk uh, when I uh, helped in retreat work over at the, uh, the Bishop Molloy Retreat Center in Jamaica, Queens. Yeah. And um, it was on freedom. And uh, this was something I had uh, when I was uh, out in the in Catholic Charities on the island with the faithful citizenship promoting faithful right, citizenship right. and all, and something that I really uh, took to heart and I incorporated this in the talk. And actually, as you're talking about it, I think it's something to revive uh, in these times. Um, is the, is that when St. Paul the apostle, when he talks about in Galatians, I believe it was. See, the Romans are Galatians, but I'm almost confident it's Galatians. Mm-hmm. He talks about freedom. Yes. Um, you know, and, but he, it's funny how he calls it because he calls it freedom from sin. Yes. See, freedom is not just, it's not just a word uh, expressing liberty in, the, in right. the, you know, it's, it's, a it's, it's you know, the Christian path um, is this idea of freedom from sin, which he defines it further, qualifies it, I should say, in a way that sounds, for the American ear would sound very harsh, would sound really... Anti-libertarian,
0: right? Yeah.
1: Um, which is, I think he goes, as if I recall correctly, because in the, um, I think it's the NRSV, which tries to be most concise with the Greek that uh, right. Saint Paul used, and 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 uh, and then I think it was the um, NAB that softened it a bit, but it was the freedom to be slaves to one another. Yes. Yeah. I mean, think about the the use of those yeah. of those words. The well, freedom to be freedom from sin is freedom to be a slave to one another. Yeah, in so it's the, a freedom, yeah, right. Freedom to serve the other. Well, yes, that's, that's right.
0: yes, that's what I was going to say, is that it's a freedom from sin, Yeah. so that we can have a freedom for service to others. Um, right. Because we can't serve others if we're enslaved to ourselves, and that's the whole, um, you, know, uh, uh, you, you know, I'm always looking for the, you know, for the, uh, you know, close part of the encuentro, you know, thing. And for me, it's Han Solo, right? You know, so so here's Han Solo, who's a who's a totally self-interested person, right? He was going to take his reward and fly off and you know be done with this whole thing, and yet something pulled him back, right? Something pulls him back to to help these people out. What, what you know? And obviously, yeah. he's on a journey, and he has to
1: evolve into that whole thing because he is who he is, and you know, um, he struggles with his person. If you include the solo movie, yeah, he it's an ongoing struggle. He always has exactly. right up to the end, right, right. up to the end. Yep. yep. And I exactly. was going to ask you if you're a fan of solo, um, when do you feel was his most redemptive moment? I So I am a big fan of solo. I,
0: um, and, and this is, um, there's a mini schism on this point in the household because my wife's a huge on solo person, but largely because of Harrison Ford and all the rest, of, you know, and, uh, so she should be really, you know, um, graded against the, you know, the solo movie, because, of, you know, and, uh, but I'm a huge fan of it. And because, you know, this is a key figure, you know, in the, you know, in the original trilogy. And, yeah. um, you know, this is a person who is, you know, uh, he's almost like Simon of Cyrene, you know, sort of you know, pulled out of the crowd. He's,
1: he's thrown into the yeah. action. Yeah.
0: You know, the force just calls him out of this whole thing. And, and, you know, here he is, you know, on this journey. And he's not sure where it's going, right? You know, yeah. uh, but he, you know, the more he's into it, and again, the initial The initial tug for him was self-interest, you know, the money, the you know, right. the, you know, first it was the money, then it was the babe, you know, but, you know, but then you get to, you know, the very end and uh, his redemptive moment, you know, in a way is kind of like St. Peter. It's not till the very end of his life, you know. Yes, exactly. You know?
1: <laughs> I mean, he has these moments of
0: insight. He has these moments of greatness, but, you know, but they're incomplete until that very end. And it's like Peter in, you know, the whole New Testament. He doesn't, you know, uh, he doesn't really get there until he's looking like this
1: upside down, you know. Um, yeah, so. yeah i i i think that's pretty, and just like peter which by the way it's you know you can see this uh even with um and i think we're seeing it now with luke skywalker yeah because he came into the end of the mandalorian
0: yes yeah, so, right um, and that's a topic for another day so that is that
1: is but like peter he he falls it's han solo he he, yep. he, he 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 grows a bit but then he falls and then he goes back into his ways he goes back i, I don't know if right. you, ever, did you ever see the movie with uh, anthony hopkins peter and paul yes oh yes sure, sure. Remember yeah. that? I loved how, because actually the focus was Paul, right. but Peter was obviously there uh, for a while, but I loved how uh, when Peter kind of gave up every once in a while, he didn't right. just would give up, he would go back to a boat, he would go back to a fish, he would go back to what he knows, That's right. which is fishing. Right. And, and then until until he, you know, God, you know, chases him right. down either as God, as Jesus, or right. as Paul or as others who he who encounter. And then he gets back uh you know into the moment and i think han solo did that a number of times but he must have he must have in the moment of of his son killing him right um kylo ren drawing right. blank, um that that was like the that was like the redemptive moment and i, and I picked up on on leia right. uh, you know knowing that he had he, you know he had died and all that but but the i have a lot of criticisms that i'd be able to share uh with regards to um um, that last movie, uh, The Rise of Skywalker. Sure. I, I there's a lot of fair criticisms to yes. that movie. One brilliant part, though, uh, that I thought was you saw the redemptive quality of Han Solo and now his ability to redeem his son, even in death. Yes. Which is the whole again the Paschal Mystery, isn't right. it? Right. Yes. I mean, It's yes. it's, it's, it's the it It's the resurrected Jesus that brings Paul, not right. the living, not the not the human Jesus, but the resurrected. Now we see the resurrected. Right. Uh, right. Solo who is the element that is able to bring back Kylo. Right, right. And, you know,
0: Solo is the most obvious example of this move from self-interest to disinterest. But, but you know, you, you kind of touched on it a little bit, where Luke is the same way, right? You know, Absolutely. I mean, he leaves Tatooine only because there's nothing there for him now, right? Um, yeah. and, he, and he embarks on this journey, even in, <laughs> even in you know, The Last Jedi. You know, he I mean it takes a lot to get him off that island, right? Um you know, he was kinda you know, and in a way that kind of reminded me of, you know, Peter on Mount Tabor. It's good for us to be here. Let's let's erect three tents and
1: stay here. Exactly. You know? exactly. Um and, and who gets know. and who gets him out of the island, actually? <laughs> well, in spirit, who gets him out of the island? Yeah, Leia does, okay. Um
0: and, and that's another topic, by the way, is you know, because yes. I read this article about Leah being the most powerful of all jedis and and there's yeah something. yeah that's, that's a topic for another day but um sure. um but yeah right exactly it, you know she pulls him out of his self-interest even again to the very end and and his final act is this act of self-immolation that that saves yep. everybody else so yep. um yeah and what that's going to be our path out of this morass that we're in you know, is this okay. call that, I, that the church has of calling people out of themselves and to a life of service and a life of right. self-dedication to others that will get us out of this false notion of freedom and this violence and the um, uh, stuff that we have saw
1: this week. So Right. And it's going to take time. And it's going to take, like I said, with, with the interactions I had this week. Right. Um, and, and you know what? Like solo people then I do this, I did this many times, you know, I just don't want to get involved. Yes. I just don't want to get involved. Sometimes right. I, I hear that and that's what I, and I was like, okay, the opinions are out there. Uh, I want to play it safe. I right. work for, part of it is I work for a diocese. I can't really be too, you know, radically right. prophetic on this, so, right? So I don't want to get involved. I, I, I kind of leave, but that's not the, That's that's not what we're, we're, right. we have, we're called to be engaged. Pope Francis is pushing us uh, to be engaged. And we'll do it. And we'll, sometimes we'll do it right. And sometimes we'll, we'll, we'll fall right. like Han Solo, like Peter. And yet we just have to, you know, get back up. And I guess the example of both the non-fictional character and right. the fictional character is that um, if we trust, if we persevere, however it ends, God will be with us. That's right. I mean, that's, that's the takeaway I think with Again, either Han Solo with a Force or right. Peter with with, the, with with Christ. Right. So, so we got to do it. We we we've got to. And I'm you know I'm looking at the Catholic Social Ministry gathering which is coming up. I don't know if you're going to attend right. the virtual, um, you know. Events no, or so. I'm not
0: because it conflicts with. So we have a similar event going on at the same time called Habitat on the Hill. So we're going to be having uh, people doing these virtual hill visits. Last year it was live and I was in D.C. and that was great. Yeah. Loved it. Um, that's uh, not gonna happen. No, it's, it's not. <laughs> By the way, when the world gets back to normal again, I found a much cheaper place to stay. That's just a few blocks away from the omni shore. So oh no kidding. Yeah. So hey, do let do let me know. Do let yeah, me know because we're we're all about saving money. <laughs> yes, I call it the, of the system. So it's it's my little uh <laughs> it's my little hiding place. So uh <laughs> Yeah. Well, that takes us to, yeah. another, you know, to the end of another great episode. Yep. Um, yep. We will be back uh, next week. I know we were away for a little while here, but the holidays were a little more complicated, um, yes, because, it was. Yep. you know, and uh, but we'll get back into the swing of it. And uh, so we look. I want to put a,
1: before we, before we leave it, uh, yep. I haven't tried this before, but I think our, our podcast is now going to be, like I said, we're we having a blog. Yep. You and I put it in social media. We'll see how it grows. But I'd be curious if any listeners, uh, you know, pay attention to us. Uh, if they wanted to chime in on a topic or if they wanted to uh, suggest a topic, mm-hmm. I think I could speak for, for just yes. to say we'd be more than happy to entertain the, the, yes. the possibility.
0: Amen to that. And
1: I think we could also say if they wanted to be part of a conversation. Um, right. So you know, just throwing that, uh, you know, that out there.
0: Right. And we have, you know, a secret Jedi yet to be named who will be on the <laughs> show uh soon enough to unpack the Mandalorian with us. Um yes, and, yes. and uh which we should do
1: soon because it is over. It is right. Uh you know, season season two and yep. I think we have more than a year. So we we have time I guess. Right. <laughs> um but we should do it before the Obi One series and the uh yes. you know the other ones take
0: off. Exactly. So we will get him on here in, in the next uh couple of weeks. Uh so a preview of coming attractions to look forward to. Yes, uh, yes. In the meantime we uh, we pray for everyone's safety and uh, peace during these particular times. Um, and as we get ready for the week of uh, prayer for Christian unity, we uh, pray for and work together with our brother Christians in the work of peace and justice uh, in our country and throughout our
1: world. Yes, yeah, so let's broaden that for political unity too, because I think that's, yes. that's where we're at as a, as a nation right now. That's right. Desire for us to be able to just, it, just be open to the other. Right. You know, let's let's be intentional with that. Right. Amen. <laughs>